welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. All right. So, yeah, welcome. Actually, I have, I'll start by just saying, uh, how do you pronounce your name so I'm saying it correctly? <laughs> It's it's Serda Serda Hararovich. Serda, okay, excellent. So, welcome, Serda. Uh, lovely to have you on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to these lovely listeners? Sure. So, my name is Serda, uh, and um, I'm an authentic intimacy coach. I help people with their communication, with their boundaries. Um, as it relates to their relating in connection, in relationships, dating. Um, I help people understand their patterns and to create a new pathway out of those patterns to being able to experience the, the beauty of authentic intimacy and secure connection and feeling safe. Yeah, beautiful. So I first... Um found you during there was a kind of webinar um that was around like yeah some of the issues that were coming up with like the polarity teachings um and there was a, a kind of panel of people and I really liked a lot of your shares on that um yeah because I was kind of interested as someone that is more on the kind of queer non-binary-esque uh, <laughs> spectrum around like what people had to say around um, a lot of yeah what's popular right now in the kind of neo-tantric scene is this polarity mm -hmm. masculine and feminine dynamics and yeah it's been great seeing people that are finding ways to like okay yeah, speak about when these kind of polarities and terminologies can be beneficial and can be useful and can be fun and sexy and when they just end up being more kind of labels and dogmas that um, block us from authentic intimacy. Uh, but yeah, I'd love for you to just share some kind of story or something um, about, yeah, your journey and how you got to doing the work that you're doing and yeah, anything that, yeah, sparks you. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, that whole world is, is, is part of my experience and part of my journey more recently. But um, before I get to that element and how I've kind of moved on from the whole polarity world, I want to share a little bit about where I'm coming from originally and how I even got into that. Um, so this is about my story and why I do what I do. And um, my my childhood was one in which I didn't get to experience the kind of attunement and consistent love that every child needs to actually feel um, who they are in the world, to feel their wholeness and their sense of safety, the sense of knowing this is who I am and I'm confident in allowing other people to see that. So I didn't get to feel that 
um, as much as um, some people do and as much as every child needs to, to feel that um, sense of feeling confident in the world. So um, as much as my parents, you know, did their best, they were immigrants to this country, to Australia, and there was a lot of pressure for them to, um, you know, make ends meet financially and to be able to provide for the family. And this just meant that that in combination with some other things um, in the family just meant that I didn't get to receive what I needed as a child. So part of the impact of that was just, you know, standard um, severe anxiety, clinical depression, just feeling lost in the world. Um, and as I went through my my adolescence and then my um, early 20s, I started to slowly feel like it was time to open up to the world. Um, I spent a lot of time just on my own, you know, being a bit of a loner. Um, I was a virgin until I was 24. So there was a lot of repression for me and a lot of a lack of safety to just be in the world. Um, so as I started to get into dating and um, connecting with other people, what I found was that one of the only ways I really knew how to connect with people was through sex and sexuality. This was like a easy kind of simple way for me to feel connected to other people because I didn't actually know how to do it in um, a more in-depth, a more authentic kind of way. Um, nobody had ever taught me that. I didn't experience that as a child. You know, this is how people learn what connection is and how um, intimacy and authenticity works. They have it reflected to them through their caregivers and their parents and as they're growing up. And I just missed out on some of those experiences. So I would be in connection with people and the, the only way I really knew how to connect was through sex. And um, that's what I thought intimacy was you know we have a laugh we um we you know have a drink and we uh you know talk about some stuff but then it's really about the sex and that's when i could feel the closest to people that's when i felt that intimacy um but what i what i didn't have was the ability to allow other people to see who i really am because one, I didn't really know who I really am because I never had the formative experiences to discover that. I didn't have that reflection and that mirroring that we all need. Um, and number two, I didn't have the experience of knowing that who I am, the parts of me that I did know, um, the parts of myself that I was aware of, I didn't have the experience that it was actually safe to share that with other people. I thought that was something that I need to keep to myself. I need to kind of repress it. Um, other people won't love that. They'll just kind of, you know, see who I am and reject me or they'll think I'm like too weak. You know, this is one of the, this is one of the impacts of um, childhood neglect, which a lot of people in this, in this world experience just due to the societies that we live in and the cultures that we've grown up with and the pressures on parents and caregivers. Um, 
what happens is there's a for me there was a lack of that attunement a lack of that validation and so what i got instead was from society telling me that this is who you need to be in order to be lovable in order to be um, valuable and worthy and so i took on all of that instead that's what filled in the blanks for me um and so i did you know whatever i felt was um you know the way that you're supposed to be in connection you know being charming or funny or um and being good at sex you know that's what i thought being a man was about that's the that's what it is it's like you you please your partner and that's where i got my validation from pleasing other people being um yeah and that's how i became a a people pleaser and an overgiver um and so as i when i got into um polarity work as i started to um you know start to work through some of my traumas from my childhood um and there's more than more than what i've shared there already but um as i started to work through that stuff which was about 4 years ago um the polarity stuff was helpful to a degree in that it helped me to start owning the parts of myself that i had repressed or said didn't realize that was okay for me to be that um so things like just being um confident you know being a man who is says what he thinks i never had the experience that that was okay so when i was reading these books that were saying you know as a man it's it's uh how would they describe it it's like you're penetrating the world with your consciousness so that was helpful in the sense that it's like oh wow it's actually okay for me to like share what i think and to take action um that was helpful because it kind of corrected some of the distortions that i had absorbed from society around me that was saying that as a man i am you know bad and predatory and my any kind of penetration of the world is dangerous um and so this polarity stuff was helpful in that way of saying actually actually it's okay for you to do this stuff um to be you know direct to be clear to at, at least that's what i took from it i know other people take other things from it so as i started my journey of awakening into who i really am and owning who i am i found it helpful to a degree to be able to start to own more of my qualities of a of being a human being not just as a man or as the masculine but really as a human being um so that's where i found it helpful um and where i started to find it not so helpful is in the way that it does present itself as a framework of relating and of um you know this is how men and women are this is what the feminine is this is what the masculine is and this is the the way it's supposed to be you know the the man penetrates and the woman receives and all this kind of stuff and so at the start of my journey it was helpful because it allowed me to own some of my qualities that i had repressed or suppressed or um uh you know just felt shame around and but what i found was that it actually um as i continued that journey of discovering who i am i found this polarity stuff 
was actually um, detrimental to me continuing on my journey towards that wholeness because there were some things that, you know, as a man, you're not supposed to be in this framework. There are some things that are masculine and there are some things that are feminine and people are either one or the other primarily. And according to this framework anyway, and, and then what happens is what I've observed in others that I've worked with as well as myself was this sense that, um, for me to be attractive, I need to be this way, which is masculine. I need to kind of, uh, yeah, be penetrative. I need to be decisive. I need to, whatever else that's in there, there's all kinds of different, you know, um, dogmas uh, associated with this framework. And what I found was that, no, actually my wholeness comes from saying it's okay to be indecisive. I'm not here to be masculine according to this ideology of what it means to be a man. I'm going to own the fact that sometimes I'm unsure about something and that's okay because that's human and I'm allowed allowed to be human. So for me, really owning who I am in my totality was at that point starting to diverge from this whole framework of how we're supposed to be in connection. So that's just one little thing, you know, the thing about in being indecisive. Um, there's, uh, in my experience, um, what the polarity polarity stuff latched onto is this sense that a lot of people experience and I experienced, which was that there's a certain way that I need to be to be attractive to the people that I am attracted to. And That's why I need to like learn it. I need to study it. I need to figure it out so that I can continue to be attractive um, and be, you know, what I need to be. And that's the extension of the shadow that a lot of people hold and which society entrenches, which is the idea that, yeah, we are worthy if we do this. You are valuable and you are lovable and you are attractive if you do this. And this is, you know, society gives us one vision of that. Polarity gives us another version of that. And for me, it's what I've discovered is that attraction, the deeper attraction, the more soulful attraction is really about owning who I am. Because if I'm connecting with someone and they're attracted to me because I'm playing a role according to what I've absorbed is and what I think I'm supposed to do to be attractive that's not a connection that I find fulfilling and I've been there and I've experienced that and I've seen that and it's just not fulfilling in the way that showing up as who I am and then finding someone magnetized to that truth of who I am. Even if that truth is that sometimes I'm unsure about some things or I, sometimes I want validation about something or whatever it might be. Or sometimes, you know, I've I've spoken about how I like to be the little spoon with my lover and to ask for that, you know, um, to really own that as just part of my experience of my, of my humanity, rather than feeling like that's like this kind of weak thing, or it's like not the masculine aspect that I'm supposed to be most of the time. So that's the kind of, um, space of authentic intimacy that I love. That's where I've received the most beautiful love, the most fulfilling relationships. Um, and that's, that's what I'm about. That's what I share about. And 
Um, so polarity was helpful, you know, at the beginning, and then it became unhelpful for me. Mm, yeah, beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And yeah, I found it interesting, like uh, as part of my sex coaching training, we had to read the David Data, The Way of the Superior Man, which is like kind of known as one of those source books for, for this teaching and found it interesting. They kind of commented saying that like, oh yeah, like it's okay if you're kind of like in between and you're not fully masculine or feminine. But if you are like that, the sex is just going to be boring. You know, it's like, if there's no polarity, then, you know, it, you're pretty much asexual. And I was just laughing reading this because I've always been um, very androgynous and, you know, like very in between both realms. And I tend to date, like, um, I mean, you know, I'm, bisexual or whatever but when I date men they tend to have like a lot of what are considered feminine qualities and also be very like androgynous and we tend to have like the best sex probably better than you know like most people on this planet and I just find it yeah interesting I'm like where are they getting this this uh, information or something because I find that people that kind of meet in the middle and get rid of those dogmas then they're able to be a lot more creative and fluid like how have you found that since you've kind of ditched these frameworks and gone into more authentic expression with lovers do you feel like that has um, you know broadened your sex life or do you feel like there is this kind of like lack of polarity or um, how's that been for you? Right. It's really interesting that you mentioned that. And that's, that's an awesome example of how, like, when you step outside of this stuff and you, you know, like outside of that world, there's so much more going on in the world. And it's so much great sex happening with people who have never heard of the idea of polarity. Um, you know, uh, and so, and that's been my experience as well. Like the more that I've moved away from polarity, the better my sex life has got. Um, because I, at that early on in my journey, it was more about like, okay, what am I supposed to do to be, you know, the masculine man that's penetrating what my woman, you know? So I was in my head, I was trying to figure things out. I wasn't owning who I really am. And I was feeling like, um, yeah, there's a certain way I'm supposed to be. And that just means, you know, you can be a great lover, um, in that space, but there's a limit to, to that. And there's also in my experience, um, I'm performing when I'm in that space of like, who am I supposed to be, to be the best lover I need to be, to be masculine or to be desirable. Um, it's just unfulfilling. And it's a, it becomes a, a people pleasing exercise, which, which is where like most of my dating life was, you know, for many years, it was all about how can I please this person so that they love me. And so mm -hmm. this is the shadow that I see playing out with a lot of people. And also for myself where polarity, um, amplifies that shadow and says, okay, yes, it's about, you know, making sure you're, you're doing it the right way, but this is, this is the right way. So follow this. Um, and so as I've let go of that stuff and I start to own, um, you know, what's, what's, um, really authentic for me, my sex life is, has, um, become so much more fulfilling and so much more easeful as well. Um, and one of the formative experiences for me as I transitioned into this space of deeper wholeness and authenticity was early on, you know, as I was experimenting with the polarity stuff about three years ago. And, um, one of my lover at the time, uh, she encouraged me to slow down during lovemaking 
And um, it was a really interesting experience because this was the first time in my life where it was like, wow, it's actually safe for me to slow down and like just stop and pause completely. Because she said something like, "If you know, I'm noticing that you're like, there's something, you know, there. And I just want you to know that it's okay for you to like, just take a break if you need to take a break. Um, and that was like, that blew my mind. So that really goes to show like for that to be surprising for me as a man, as a, you know, 30 year old man that say something about, um, you know, the cultures, um, that we live in and what I, what I had absorbed about who I'm supposed to be that like actually taking a pause in the middle of sex is okay. Like, wow. And so I did, and it really opened things up for me. It's like, wow, I'm allowed to like, not just keep going in order to please this other person. I'm allowed to slow down and yeah, because I'm feeling tired or I'm feeling like something's not quite right or just whatever reason it might be, I'm allowed to just stop. And that was a piece of permission that really opened things up for me. And so, and that's the kind of permission that has allowed my love life to really um, flourish in its capacity to be deeply fulfilling for me. And, um, you know, with my, with my lover at the moment, we've never spoken of polarity. We've never spoken of who's supposed to do what or like how, you know, who's being feminine or masculine or anything like that. We've never spoken about any of this stuff. And yet it's the most beautiful intimacy and lovemaking I've ever experienced. And I think that's just because I'm fully in myself and really embodying who I am fully. And that means we don't need to talk about polarity and we don't need to, you know, create this fake attraction because that attraction is just there. We don't need to try and do it. It's just there. And because mm. she's attracted to who I am as a human being. So I don't need to try and be anything. And if, if I'm experiencing something, I can talk about it. If there's a fear there for me, if there's a lack of safety, I can talk about that without feeling like that's, you know, me coming out of my masculine penetration or whatever it is. And she can talk to me. And so it's the, that authenticity combined with the level of safety that comes from really owning um, the vulnerability of intimacy that I have found to be the most powerful to creating great sex um, mm. in my, in my experience. So um, yeah, we've never spoken of polarity. It's not something we, it's part of our lives and yet it's the sex is amazing. And the attraction is not based on some kind of rule or dogma about how we're supposed to be. It's just there. It's just like a primal um, attraction that doesn't fluctuate based on who's, you know, being feminine or masculine. So, mm. so how is that, you know, according to the polarity world, you know, well, that shouldn't be happening because we're supposed to be doing certain things to make that polarity work. And yet, you know, she can hold me um, in her arms and I can really receive that and experience that joy of that. And we can talk about things as equals, you know, not as like masculine or feminine or have some kind of power dynamic. We can really talk about things as equals and still have amazing sex. Um, mm -hmm. Why is that? 
It's because polarity is just a, it's just an idea. It's just a concept. It's not the reality that most people um, experience. You can have attraction to someone without it being based on these ideas of, yeah, masculine and feminine. And that's, that's what's been become really clear to me. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah, it's um, interesting. So many people when they are kind of, yeah, getting out of old paradigm stuff and into new, it's yeah. Having these kind of lovers like you had that were like, Hey, it's okay to slow down and create that space of permission. Um, but a lot of people, yeah, that might not ever, yeah, not so far, uh, have a lover that's given them that kind of permission. How would you, um, yeah, advise people like if they're wanting to be a bit more authentic or figure out even like what is their authentic expression? Like what kind of things did you do as you were on that path? Like, you know, you mentioned, yeah, reading books about polarity to begin with, but like, as you were tuning into like, yeah, who am I as a person without these dogmas and belief systems? Like, how did you come into your authentic expression? Um, there's, there's so many different ways of, of, um, doing that, but um, I think one of the, you know, that particular experience of like not knowing that it's okay for me to um, like pause and to just stop, that reflected my lack of boundaries. Um, as a, that's and that's the impact of my childhood experiences that never showed me that it's okay for me and my needs to be honored and validated, and for me to even know what they are. Um, and so there are a lot of people that have, um, some experience of that where, because it wasn't mirrored to them, that their boundaries, their needs are important and they can speak up for them. Uh, what can be really powerful is to just practice that process of, um, turning into what is it that I'm needing in this space, um, connecting with that and then practicing actually speaking it. So, you know, connecting in with just pausing with things, you know, when, if you're, if you're connecting with someone, um, and this is something that I, I've been practicing as, as, as I continue this journey, which is as I'm connecting with someone and, um, if we're kissing or moving forward into, um, lovemaking, if there's any part of that, um, journey that feels like there's a part of me that's feeling left behind, like there's a part of me that's anxious about something or is feeling unsafe to really practice pausing and stopping and saying, what, what is that part of me? And what does that part of me need? Um, and often for me, it's like to have a conversation, you know, around things like STIs or intentions. Um, so practicing that kind of thing of like, just saying, okay, this, there's a part of me here that's not fully on board and I need to stop and pause. And so creating that safety for myself to be able to do that. Um, and that's been a, you know, ongoing journey. It can be really hard for people though. I know at the start of my, my journey with that, that felt really, um, vulnerable for me to do, to be able to just know that I can stop this thing or like I can pause here and say, there's something that's not quite right for me. Um, so there's lots of different ways that I, I, I feel helped me to do that, that experience with that woman who was um, a safe person, you know, so mm -hmm. connecting with people who are safe people, 
people who have a level of um, who have done some work to be able to create that level of security in a connection where they can bring in that permission for you to be um, authentic with them. So that can be helpful. Um, doing work with a coach or a therapist or a mentor who mirrors that process where they can create that permission for you to discover what is, what is it that is going on within you and how can you respond to that in a way that allows you to um, embody your authentic expression in any moment. Um, so there's, you know, workshops that people can do. There's, there's direct one-on-one support. Um, and that, that's, that was part of my journey, you know, getting support from people one-on-one to really start to connect with my emotions and my, um, with those parts of me that I, I had a habit of just kind of pushing away because I had to push away a lot of things. I had to push away the trauma and the pain of my past so that I could just survive and, and just get by in life for many years. So I was very used to that. Um, so I had to start to practice actually stopping and pausing and saying, no, I'm not going to push that away. What, what is that part of me? And what does that part of me need? Um, so identifying, you know, what the, what the feeling is, what the need is, and then practicing actually communicating it, um, which is one of the biggest challenges for me or, or has been because, um, yeah, that's just part of my repression was to, uh, not speak to actually, you know, shut myself down in all ways, but including my voice and my expression. So, um, that's an ongoing practice for me. So one of the things that I do every day is to get on my guitar and just, um, play some melodies and to sing some, um, some harmonies on my guitar and that's my practice to help me to really um, reconnect with my voice, which for many years had been shut down and which had been repressed. So that's just some of the things that I have found really powerful and also community, you know, being in community with people who um, can mirror you and um, who can validate you and bring out more of your authentic expression as you start to connect with that. So, um, I found that really powerful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's, um, so much that comes from reclaiming the voice and being able to, yeah, ask, like you said, to slow down, to take a minute, to check in. And I know a lot of people when they first are getting used to these kind of ongoing check-ins or, um, yeah, even like the conversations beforehand, there's a lot of worry that it's going to make it, uh, clinical or awkward, or it's going to ruin the moment. Like, even though there's this part of them that's not fully here and they're a bit checked out, they're like, Oh, but if I stop and pause and say something, it's going to make it worse. Um, but it sounds like for you and, um, in my experience as well, it actually, like there's this kind of couple of moments of maybe awkwardness, but then once it's been spoken to, and once like all of you is on board, then it can, you know, the sex or the relationship or whatever it is that you're doing can then be like a million times better. And, um, it just makes everything better and better rather than worse and worse. Um, so it's about also like getting rid of that idea that only spontaneous, nonverbal, um, totally in the moment, in the flow, passionate sex is the only way to do it. That actually like 
slowing down, um, chatting a bit if you need to, like all this kind of stuff just actually makes it better. Is that also your experience mm-hmm. or what would you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's such an interesting idea that, yeah, the only way to have great sex is to just be in the moment. Um, no, in my experience, absolutely. Like what ruined sex for me was actually not having those conversations and then not having those conversations and feeling like there's something like not quite right, or there's something in the back of my mind, like, you know, maybe we didn't talk about, you know, SDIs. And so now I'm having sex with this person and I'm worrying about SDIs in the back of my mind. That's what ruined sex for me. So Mm. I've never, I've never had the experience of like having the conversation being something that like ruined it. That's never happened for me. It's always made it. Um, it's it creates for me like having those conversations and having those check-ins. It creates a spaciousness and a safety, which really allows for the the full receiving of the joy, the pleasure of sexuality. Um, so it creates that container, the framework to actually really enjoy it fully, to really let go completely. Um, and it's only since I've, I've, you know, learned to have those kinds of conversations and to check in as, as needed. That's when I've had the most fulfilling sex. That's when I can really receive it fully because I can truly be 100% there, 100% present. And likewise for my partners, because they're feeling more safe as well. And there's nothing going on in the back of their minds either, because we can talk about it. Um, Mm. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, what I've experienced in the past is that, yeah, there's like they've got stuff going on in their minds that they maybe haven't talked about. For example, you know, like, is does this mean that we're go- are we going to get too close? Is, is does this person want a relationship with me, or um, is this just a casual fling? Um, does this person even care about me? Or like, yeah, is what about STI? So all of these things are happening in the background. We're just not talking about it. And for me, that's what ruins sex. Um, mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've had the same experience where like actually feeling confident to talk about stuff in this way. Um, and it, at first it does kind of feel like you're interrupting the flow of things and it's about getting comfortable with that and saying it's okay to interrupt the flow of things because this is going to make it better. This is actually going to make it more fulfilling. And, um, and so, yeah, definitely. Beautiful. Yeah. What just came to my mind was like, uh, if you want to get out of your head, then you got to get it said, like you got to, you know, take whatever, all these thoughts and stuff in your mind. Cause so many people get stuck in their head during sex and that's why they're not uh, in their bodies and enjoying it. And yeah, it's all these unspoken things. So that was just like a funny little Mm. like catch slogan that (laughs) popped in there. Um, cool. Well, we're just running out of time now. So I'd love to just finish off if you wanted to share, yeah, how people can connect with you or what you have coming up. Um, if they were really like vibing with what you're saying, wanting to follow you. Yeah. So, um, the best way to contact me is through Facebook, um, through my name, Serta Hararovic. And, um, and I do work with limited amounts of people one-on-one, just coaching, helping people through some of these um, themes, helping them to really embody their fullness and their wholeness in a world that's telling us who we're supposed to be. So that's something that I really love doing. 
Um, so if that feels like it's of interest to anyone, you can reach out to me. And aside from that, I am um, close to launching a course. Um, this is my first course. I've been um, uh, creating this course over the last eight months. Um, it's called Opening to Love. And it's about all of this stuff and more. So it's, there's lots of things in there. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me um, or sign up through, there's a link on my page somewhere where you can just sign up to getting updates for it. So we'll be launching that in the next couple of months. Awesome. Lovely. Well, thanks for joining today. And yeah, I hope to have another chat in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you.